to mini episode 249 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from December the 27th, 2022. And story number one comes from Martin. Now, just to say, Martin has a podcast. He did not include this in his email, but I have since come to learn that Martin has a podcast with Eleanor. And the podcast is called The Three Ravens Podcast. And it's all about spooky, ancient stories and folklore from around the UK. And honestly, it is beautiful. If you're into folklore, if you're into old stories, it is so worth a listen. It's a relatively new podcast. And I just, I literally started listening to it yesterday. And then Martin's story came up today. Weird little coincidence. But it's absolutely worth checking out. And I had come across them as well previously, randomly without realising who they were, when I was researching for the Merman of Orford, the Wild Man of Orford story. So weird little coincidence for you, but it's called The Three Ravens Podcast and it's well worth checking out. I am definitely not the most spiritual or mystical person out there. But across my life, I've had some experiences that I just can't explain. I'm 38, live in England, and I've always had trouble sleeping. When I do sleep deeply and long enough to dream, I semi-regularly have dreams that seem ridiculous or mundane at the time, but which end up coming to pass. It's unsettling and often quite funny when it happens, especially when I've told people about the dreams before they manifest, but that's a minor thing. Likewise, I'm a good tarot reader. People tell me I have a gift for it. But these two things are about as magical as I personally seem to get. That said, when I was a little boy of five or so, the day my great-grandfather died, I was settling down for bed in the evening and I believe I saw him stood in the doorway of my bedroom. I had turned the lights off in my room, but the landing light was on and there he was, half in shadow. He lived a three-hour drive away, so I felt confused as to why he was there and the way he looked at me made me feel like I shouldn't speak to him, like we were sharing a secret. I closed my eyes, trying to settle down, and when I looked again, he was gone. Then I remember my dad coming upstairs to my room, upset to say goodnight to me. I asked him where great-grandpa had gone. My dad was confused as to why I was asking, because as he told me, my great-grandpa had passed away earlier that day. He had died mowing the lawn, I didn't tell my dad what had just happened and kind of shrugged as to why I was asking because it felt like a secret between great-grandpa and I. But all these years later, that experience has always struck me as uncanny. Most recently, in the house my partner and I share, we have had three items strangely appear, all toys, all in the same spot, near the front window of our sitting room. The first was a marble, It was randomly just there one day, on the floor, where I kicked it, making it roll and rattle. I threw the marble out, thinking it had to be junk that somehow made it into the house. The second was a little Lego skeleton head. I showed this to my girlfriend and we chuckled about how random it was and again I threw it out. Then, a week or two later, the toy soldier appeared. Larger than those little green plastic army men you used to see around, and this one flesh-coloured. My partner and I wondered if we had a kind of a ghost in our house, maybe of a little boy trying to play with us, and we put the toy soldier up on one of our bookshelves. It has lived there ever since and no more toys have appeared. The most alarming experiences, though, all took place when I was a university student in my final year, living in a rented house on Elton Road in Exeter. The rent for this house was insanely cheap, 
first of all, which always seemed suspicious. It was only £35 a week for each person. And although this was almost 20 years ago, it was still a bargain even in those days. I've changed the names of my housemates for this story, but basically, there were four of us. I had an upstairs room, the one at the front of the house under the attic sitting room. My pal Bob had the other upstairs room, although he was rarely there as he mostly stayed with his girlfriend. Then downstairs we had two other housemates. Sally, who again was rarely there as she used to stay with her boyfriend, and Siobhan, who was a bit of a hermit and whose girlfriend went to a different university miles away. Ultimately though, the house had a bit of a gloomy feeling to it, a sense that it was an unhappy building, and for long periods while we lived there none of us actually slept there all that much. We all found other places to stay, and although we moved into the place as friends we all drifted apart across the course of our year there. Living in that house, the first thing of note was the cold spots. Patches of really cold air used to appear, roughly a cube of space a foot across in each direction, never in the same place twice. You could put your hand into them and the air would feel so strikingly cold it would give you goosebumps. But there would be no breeze, and they wouldn't last long. You'd notice them and they would disappear again in 10 or 15 minutes. When I had friends round, and it happened people were able to have the shared experience of touching or putting hands into those cold spots and it was pretty freaky. Secondly, and more notably, when I was laid in bed at night I used to hear a sound up in the attic sitting room. It sounded like a toddler running and falling over, four dashing tiny footsteps, then a thump, like a little kid waddling at speed and then falling onto its hands and knees. Of course, when I first noticed the sounds, I went to see what was making them, climbing the stairs to the attic, but there was never anything there. In fact, the sounds used to seem to move through one of the sofas, travelling away from the top of the attic stairs into the middle of the room, where there was a coffee table. The sounds kept happening, not every night, but really often, and I had Bob work with me to check for any possible rational explanations for them. Water pipes, rodents, pigeons, anything but there was nothing that made any sense. In due course, I just kind of got used to it and put music on when I slept there to distract me. Over time, I spoke more and more about the footsteps to friends and to friends of friends, and people got a kick out of stuff like the cold spots in the house. I used to have people come to sleep in my bed with me, some of whom also heard the sounds. Eventually, though, one of my good pal's hands got annoyed about it. Hans is autistic and was a hardcore sceptic and atheist, the kind of person who loved trying to convince religious people to abandon their faith at house parties. I'm an agnostic myself and like to think myself as pretty open-minded. But Hans was not. He liked the idea of being able to debunk my experiences, so he and I arranged for him to come and stay over in my bed while I stayed with a friend a street over. There was no way that Hans could handle sleeping in the same bed as someone else. The morning after Hans stayed over, I had not really slept as per usual so I returned home around 6am to find Hans sat in the kitchen, wrapped in my duvet, looking green with fear. I asked him what had happened and he told me, clearly deeply disturbed by his experiences. Hans told me he had gone to bed, laying awake waiting to see if he would hear anything, and true to form the footsteps started up. So Hans got out of bed and went to the bottom of the stairs to the attic and peered up them. As he did, 
he saw a figure coming out of the bathroom behind him, a young woman wearing a green woolen jumper. He didn't really look at the figure, but saw her out of the corner of his eye, coming to stand just behind him over his shoulder. He presumed it was Siobhan, who did have a green jumper, but little did he know that Siobhan had gone away for a week to stay with her girlfriend miles away. Hans was alone in the house. Hans said to the figure, Hey, can you hear that? Then he turned towards the figure to look at her straight on and she was gone, as if she had vanished. Hans was so freaked out by this that he dashed back to my bed and pulled the duvet up over himself and lay down quickly. As he did this, Hans saw the figure sat on the floor at the foot of his bed, facing away from him. Only her head and shoulders were visible. He said he could see that her hair was wet and that her jumper was green and made of thick wool. The way he told it, the duvet he had pulled up landed over his chin, half obscuring his view. And then for a long time afterwards, he felt completely paralysed. He said he couldn't move and was stuck pinned to the bed beneath the duvet, unable to speak or move or escape. Hans said that he felt so afraid that he thought the best thing to do was just screw up his eyes and wait. So he did this and waited and waited, he thought for maybe 30 or 45 minutes, and then he felt the weight on him lift. After that, he leapt up took the duvet, then went downstairs and wrapped himself up and waited until I came home. I felt terrible for Hans, really. I mean, it was quite pleasing to be able to say, I told you so, but it really messed him up. He had always been so certain that everything in the world could be scientifically explained and would even lecture people about things like sleep paralysis and dreams of supernatural occurrences. But that night really shook him. He kind of became a bit of a laughingstock within our friendship group because the believers felt smug to have him eat his words, while all his sceptic pals considered him a kind of a traitor to their cause. It did open his mind to other experiences he had written off though, including trying drugs and having sex, but still, whenever he retold his experiences that night he went pale, the colour draining from his face, and he looked truly haunted. I never saw the ghost of the young woman myself, but the noises continued until I moved out. Then, strangely, I happened to know the girl who moved into my room after I moved out, and she said she never heard anything up there, so who knows. But my time at the house on Elton Road has always stuck with me, and I will never forget those noises. There is nothing I love more than when people start a story by saying, I'm just not, I'm not really a spiritual or a mystical person, but I can predict the future with my dreams, and I'm really good at reading tarot. You're about a thousand times more spiritual and mystical than I am. In regards to the story about seeing your great-grandfather on the day that he died, you know what, I will, I will believe it because I have read iterations of that story countless times. You know what I mean? It comes up so often that I feel like there has to be some truth in it, that in some way, shape or form, we are deeply connected to people in our lives and we somehow see them, experience them, know when they die. And at five years old, you don't really have like a preconception of death or ghosts or anything like that. So there's a real innocence to it that kind of gives it more validity. And if all hauntings were just bringing toys, just just toys apparating in your in your living room or whatever. Yeah, bring it on. I'm fine with that. That's fine. I can deal with that. That's okay. Lego skeleton head. Cute. Funny. Kind of ironic. A little bit on point. Here for it. Ghost has a sense of humour. 
it brings a little soldier. It's like, hey guys, haha, I'm a foot soldier of Satan. <laughs> and finally, we have the experiences on Elton Road in Exeter. And I do think you get to a point in a house where there's noises that freak you out and you're like, okay, that's really freaky, but I can't figure out what it is. It's not pigeons. It's not pipes. It's not something falling over and I just have to live with this. So I'm just going to turn my music on and pretend it isn't happening. And I would absolutely be telling everybody as well. I would be telling the world about my haunting experience and inviting people to come over and check it out and inviting people to come over and stick their hands in the cold spot and whatever. 100%. And I feel so sorry for hands in this instance. Like there's a part of me that feels like I love when somebody who's really sceptical comes face to face with something that they can't explain. Love that feeling. But when you're so super sceptical that you dismiss absolutely everything, if you come face to face with something that really frightens you, whether it's paranormal or not, you're inevitably going to end up eating your own words. Although I'm like, good for him that it made him go, there's other things in the world that I need to try out, like sex and drugs. You know, it's like ghosts are definitely a, a gateway drug. I've always said it. I wonder if the girl with the green jumper was what you were hearing upstairs all the time. Or whether she was something else entirely. So that was Martin from the Three Ravens podcast. Go and listen to it. Go and check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way. An innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And story number two comes from Jen and Lilu. My name is Lilu and I live in Oklahoma City. I'm 10 years old, but my mom lets me listen to your podcast. It's my favourite. I have a few short stories today. The first one, I was on a trampoline with my four-year-old cousin. I did a front flip on the trampoline and I was about to fall really hard, but instead I floated down. It was so weird, but cool. My mom said it was probably a spirit guide, an angel, a ghost friend, or all of the above. The second story, I was home alone and I looked up the stairs and saw a man standing at the top in all black. He walked into my parents' room, and it scared me so much I ran outside into the backyard. A few weeks after my friend was over, we were in the bathroom washing our hands and we heard footsteps. It was strange because we were at the house by ourselves. I double-checked with my friend and she definitely heard it too. I hope it wasn't the man in black, but maybe a spirit guide, an angel or a ghost friend instead. First of all, massive thank you to Jen for helping Lilu to write the email into the podcast. Second of all, I think that you've got a guardian angel for sure. How cool is it that you did a front flip and the guardian angel helped you to float down rather than hurt yourself? That is very, very lucky. Although, I'd make sure that I was as careful as possible, kind of all the time anyway. Because sometimes guardian angels got a lot of, to- got a lot of stuff on their hands, you know? 
They've got a lot of people they need to be looking after. So no more crazy front flips on the trampoline. But you can do safe front flips. And as for the second one, I'm pretty sure that's your guardian angel too, right? If I was a guardian angel and I got to choose what I was wearing, I would definitely wear all black because that's what I generally wear in real life. So I'm pretty convinced that's your guardian angel too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Martin, Jen and Lilu for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from December the 27th, 2022. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to our Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free and on that note I shall see you next time